بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله وكفى والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم من يأخذ عني هؤلاء الكلمات فيعمل بهن أو يعلم من يعمل بهن فقال أبو هريرة رضي الله عنه فقلت أنا يا رسول الله فأخذ بيدي فعد خمسة وقال اتق المحارم تكن أعبد الناس وارض بما قسم الله لك تكن أغنى الناس وأحسن إلى جارك تكن مؤمنا وأحب للناس ما تحب لنفسك تكن مسلما ولا تكثر الضحك فإن كثرة الضحك تميت القلب رواه أحمد My respected elders and brothers mothers and sisters students in Islam السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته The Prophet shared with us every single gem, every single statement of the Prophet is a gem, and every good that is out there for us to benefit from, the Prophet covered it in some aspect or, or another. Whether it was in explaining an ayah of the Quran or simply sharing some words of wisdom at one time or the other. So the Prophet at one instance, he held the hand of Abu Hurairah. In order to attract his attention, in order to grab his attention, he held it. And then the Prophet ﷺ asked, and he said, Who is here who will take from me these words that I'm about to share with you? Who will listen to the following words that I have? Who is here that will follow and take from me the following words that I have? And he will practice on what I'm saying, because it's not simply enough to listen. But in order to practice, one must listen attentively. Without listening attentively, we will never be able to practice. So that's why he says, who is going to take from me the, these pieces of advice? And then after he takes it from me, either فَيَعْمَلُ بِهِنْ He will practice on it himself. And if he can't do that, then at least what he will do, he will teach it to someone, يُعَلِّمُ مَنْ يَعْمَلُ بِهِنْ He will teach it to someone else who will practice on this piece of advice. So that tells us the framework on how we should listen to anything. When we attend a Jum'ah khutbah, or we attend a lecture, first and foremost, we have to be present not only by our body, but by our mind and spirit, completely present in the gathering, in order to take, take in what is being shared. And number two, after that, the next goal would be that whatever I am listening, inshallah, I'm going to practice on that. And number three, along with practicing on it, I am going to share this message and teach it to someone else who will practice on it. Practice on it. So if I can take the message back and teach four people in my family, five friends that I'm going to be meeting in a party or an evening gathering, alhamdulillah, I've gotten the reward of all of those people besides the own uh, action that I'm going to be doing. So Abu Hurairah anhu, he said, فَقُلْتُ أَنَا He said, I said, I am ready, Ya Rasulullah, I'm ready to do this. So the Prophet ﷺ took his hand then. So the Prophet ﷺ made a general statement, who is going to take this from me and practice it or teach someone else who will practice it? And when Abu Hurairah showed interest, he said, okay, come. So when a person shows interest towards deen, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will channel something special towards him. We're all sitting here and more people will come towards the end and the place will fill up. And we're all general audience members. But when a person sitting here says, Ya Allah, I want something beyond just, this, just the mere sitting here. I want your attention. I want you to turn to me, Ya Allah, to take care of my dunya and my akhirah. I am ready to do whatever it takes. I am ready to step up my game. If, inshallah, I can receive special attention from you. And when people are willing to step up the game, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala most definitely is also willing to 
work towards you. As the hadith mentions, that whosoever walks towards Allah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala runs towards him. What does that mean? That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala isn't demanding too much from us. He's simply asking for us to make a move towards him. Once a person starts making a move, and starts showing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala his earnest desire, automatically Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will start showering his blessings upon the individual. So we are here, let's take, up, let's take this up to the next level. As we sit here, let us all inshallah in our heart, make this intention, that Ya Allah, I want something more than simply coming and praying two raka'ah of Salatul Jumu'ah, and listening to a portion of the khutbah, or all of the khutbah. I want something beyond that, I want to be chosen. I want to be hand selected. A thought was coming to my mind just last night, just, just like that. I said, subhanAllah, we rate ourselves, we always like to compare ourselves. Uh, in, students like to compare themselves to their classmates. How did I rank in school? How did I rank in this exam? How did I rank in percentile-wise? Right? There's always this ranking of our business as our practice. How does it rank in the country, in the state, in the zone, in the area? So we, we live by uh, this constant feedback that we get by people around us. That's how we move, right? We see, okay, when I'm walking past, this is obviously the pillar is not moving. How many feet have I moved? Internally, my, I have the senses and my eyes look at all of this the, the walls of the masjid and I realize at what pace I'm moving forward based on the measurements that automatically that my brain is doing as it, re, uh, as it connects with the walls and sees the distance that is being covered so you have uh, as we're traveling too when you're traveling very fast you can see the mile markers running by and uh, the, the signs you're zooming by and you realize you're going at a fast pace when a person is flying in the middle of the night you wake up and you go to the window and if there's no clouds and whatnot in the middle of the dark night you, sometimes you forget that you're flying, you don't realize it because you don't see those standard things that you can compare yourself with. So we always depend on this non-stop comparison and feedback that we get. So when was the last time did we ever think about our comparison to the rest of humanity when it comes to the Day of Judgment? Where do I rank percentile-wise on the Day of Judgment? At what level am I? Am I at the 90 percentile, 85, 75, 65, 45, Allah forbid? Where, am, where do I rank? Not just with the entire humanity, but with the, at least Muslims. If not the entire Muslims, the Muslims of my era, my time. If not the entire Muslim community of the world, but at least the Muslims of this country, who are in my age group, who have similar circumstances that I do. How do I rank up with them? This is a, a very interesting question that one should ask themselves, because we take it for granted that Alhamdulillah, everything's going good. But when we start looking, and mashallah speaking to other people, we realize there's amazing people out there who have similar circumstances like mine, but are mashallah excelling, are doing so much more. And that's what parents do to their kids. They say, oh, fulan in your class, look at him. He's doing so much better, he got straight A's, why did you get a B? Right? He's, he's, got, he's in the same age group, he's, he, he also plays soccer, he's also doing this extracurricular activity, but he's gotten such good grades. So we are not content with our own life, we would like to compare. When it comes to the matters of deen, we must also compare with each other to see. Now the real answer to that, who knows? Allah knows only. We really do not know how, where do we rank up, only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows. But at least that concern should come in. Ya Allah, today alhamdulillah I'm ahead of the game when it comes to the number of stores I have, when it comes to the number of client, clientele, when it comes to the number of patients I see, when it comes to the, the score footage of my house, all of these things, mashallah, I'm up there, top 10%. But ya Allah, when it, when, it, when it comes to the matters of deen, where am I? So until that thought doesn't come through our mind, we won't be able to start making an improvement. 
So the Prophet ﷺ, when he saw in Abu Hurairah anhu excitement, that yes, I want to be that one who will listen to what you've got to say and share it, the Prophet ﷺ held him by his hand. Imagine the connection, the Prophet ﷺ holding someone's hand, subhanAllah. That will happen to all of us. The Prophet ﷺ is not with us, with his body here. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you won't be able to see him, but my elders, my brothers, my mothers and sisters, when a person turns towards Allah, Allah Jalla Jalaluhu definitely will turn towards him. Man taba, taba Allahu ilayhi. Whoever turns to Allah, Allah will turn his attention to him. And you will also feel as though your, ha- your hand is being held. People say that. They say, subhanAllah, I have no idea how I was able to pull this off. Everything in my life is just going amazing. It just, like something just turned on, someone turned on the switch. How, how am I able to pull off all these things? You're right. You are not able to pull off any of these things. It is Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who has now decided to shower you with His mercy. And because of that mercy, now everything starts falling into place. As though your, ha- your hand is being held and you're being guided through a very difficult thorny path. So when Abu Hurairah presented himself, the Prophet ﷺ said, Okay, I'm going to share you what I've got to share with you what I've got to say. First thing he says, that ittaqil maharim takun nas. That you stay away from the haram things. You stay away from haram and you will become the most wor- the, 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 the most uh, the, the, the person who worships Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the most. So I will translate the five things and I'll probably cover only one uh, today. Ittaqil maharim, he said, first protect yourself from anything that has been made prohibited by Almighty Allah. Takun a'bad nas you will insha'Allah ensure just by doing that you will become the greatest worshipper. Meaning to become a worshipper, an abid doesn't require excessive ibadah and salah. The first step to that is you stay away from haram. If a person stays away from haram and he's doing the basics, he's way ahead of the game. As opposed to someone who's doing a lot of extra optional things, but ends up committing major sins. Then the next thing the Prophet ﷺ instructed Abu Hurairah he said that Become pleased with whatever Allah has distributed and written for you, and you will become the wealthiest of people. Become happy with what Allah has destined for you, and you'll become the wealthiest of people. Number three, he said, وَأَحْسِنْ إِلَىٰ جَارِكَ تَكُنْ مُؤْمِنًا Ensure that you are go beyond, beyond kindness, and you go out of your way to show the good character to your, your neighbor, and that will ensure that you will be a believer. Mu'mina. That's a sign of belief. It's a sign of iman when a person goes out of his way for his neighbor. And then the fourth thing the Prophet ﷺ said, Love for the people what you love for yourself, and you will become a Muslim. And lastly, number five, or dahik, do not, uh, do not laugh excessively. Laugh, but do not laugh excessively. Because excessive laughing kills off the spirituality of the heart. Excessive laughing kills off the spirituality of the heart. Related by Imam Ahmad and Tirmidhi on the authority of Abu Huraira radiallahu anhu. So let's take just the first part here. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa when he says, Ittaqil maharim takun nas. That stay away from the forbidden things and you will become the, most, the greatest worshipper from amongst the people. So we know eating of, consuming haram, earning haram, spending in haram, looking at haram and uh, disrespect and disobedience of parents, abuse, 
of human beings, animals, the creation of Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, abusing, physically abusing and oppressing, oppressing them, uh, drinking and uh, using of intoxicants, indulging in riba and interest, uh, and all sorts of other um, sins. These are the famous major sins, uh, in indulgence in, in, in black magic and sorcery and so forth. These things are haram, which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has permitted. When a person stays away from that, he is ensuring that he is not lighting himself on fire. Because when a person commits haram, it's as though he's starting a fire within himself. So you can put on yani, cream and you can comb yourself and mashallah adorn yourself, put on oil and gel. But if you light yourself on fire, that's going to cancel out everything and it's going to do much, much more harm. A person doesn't necessarily need to go out of his way to adorn himself. Out of his way, I'm saying. But the least thing is that he shouldn't put himself into filth. He shouldn't put himself into harm. When a person stays away from haram, he is ensuring that at least he's staying away from the most harmful things. Aisha radiallahu anha is reported to have said, that man sarrahu an mujtahid That the one who wishes to overpass or outdo, the one who wishes to outdo a worshiper of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who struggles, who strives, He's tired. Why is he tired? Because he's worshiping Allah so much. He fasts so much. He stays awake at night so much. He is really exerting himself to please Allah, to worship Allah. If you want to over, yani, beat him and you would like to surpass him, Aisha radiallahu says, then just simply stay away from sins. Because if that person at night goes and sins, or he prays all night and by day he sins, he steals, he cheats, he's involved in haram business, then what's the point? You know, what's the point doesn't mean he's not going to get reward for that. But unfortunately, the strength of that reward is going to be decreased dr dramatically and drastically because the sins add up real quick. Sins add up real quick. If a person can't do that, like a simple business. Yani one way is, to, uh, is a person is earning, mashallah, you know, $10,000 a month or $20,000 a month. But his expenses are $40,000 a month. And there's another person who, owns, who earns only, let's say, 5000 or 4000 But his expenses are 1000 At the end of the day, who's making more money? The second person. He's got leftover savings of 3000 a month. And really, you know well, very well, that there are real examples of what I'm saying. There are really examples of a lot of people who definitely have the initial earnings that are twice, thrice, or more than that of others. But at the end of the month, they're in the negative. And there are other people, mashallah, what we call a barakah. Their earnings are not much. But at the end of the month, alhamdulillah, they have money to send back home to some relatives. They have money to spend in an orphanage. They have money to give to the local masjid. And they got money to spend on their family. Even though they have such little earnings. Same thing. is not simply earn a lot. Just cut down the expenses. So haram is like that. It's your expenses. Because every time we commit a haram, we're, we're, we're giving away our good deeds. So the Prophet ﷺ is giving this beautiful advice. Stay away from the haram and you will go ahead. Hassan Basri rahmatullahi alayhi, great tabi'i, meaning the second generation uh, after the Sahaba. He said, مَا عَبَدَ الْعَابِدُونَ بِشَيْءٍ أَفْضَلَ مِنْ تَرْكِ مَا نَهَاهُمُ اللَّهُ No worshipper has worshipped Allah in a manner that is superior, in a manner that is more virtuous, than by leaving that which Allah Jalla Jalaluhu has asked us not to do. We can take an example of our parents, kids can relate to this at home. Our mothers and fathers tell us, do X, Y, and Z. Do this, do this, do that. But there are certain things they tell us, don't do. So at times, the person, what will the mother say? If you can't clean out the trash, if you can't wash all the dishes, at the very least, don't make a mess. 
Don't make a mess. Which, if you can't go out of your way to clean up your sibling's mess, or clean up after your guest that have come to the house, at the very least, please don't make a mess. Committing those sins is making a huge mess. As scholars have given examples of a person who has the heat on in this weather, on full blast, and he's traveling out on the highway, and he notices it's not getting warmer, even though he's traveling for 15-20 minutes. And he looks behind and he sees that there are, the windows have been rolled down by someone. Obviously, no matter how high you keep the temperature, it will never warm up in the car. Because whatever you're heating is going out, and cold air is coming in. That's a relationship between good deeds and sins. That keep your windows up, even if you had kept the heater off, it would have been warmer than what it is right now. You wouldn't have the cold air coming in. So when a person simply makes this commitment, then inshallah, I'm not going to commit haram. My brothers, my teacher would explain it in Mufti Sahab, Mufti Razal Haq Sahab. He said, by, to commit sin, you have to do something. Haram, you have to do it. We're simply asking you not to do it. So it's not like, oh, yani, it's just psychologically trying to make it easy for us to grasp and understand. That if you say, read this much and do this much, a person says, wow, that's a little bit difficult. But if you rephrase that and say, I'm just telling you not to do things, that sounds much more um, palatable and much more acceptable, much more easier to do. So this is the, the key to reaching Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because the awliya Allah, the friends of Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they do not commit major sins. Another teacher of mine, he would mention that in this day and age, I've shared this many times, this piece of advice, may Allah grant me and you all the ability to practice on this. I mean, he said, in this day and age, if you want to become a friend of Allah and a wali of Allah, which is something you'd hear about, a murshid, a shaykh, a wali, you hear stories about that, subhanAllah man, that those are amazing people. But he says, in this day and age, if you want to become a wali of Allah and a friend of Allah, you only have to do two things. Pray your five times daily salah and stay away from haram. Because it's so tough out there today to remain a Muslim. If you simply pray your five times daily salah on time properly, and number two, stay away from everything that is haram, inshallah, he would say you'll become a wali of Allah. Things are, the, the prices have changed. So you can, inflation affects prices. The day, the day we are in right now, prices have changed. Jannah, is if you want to say it at a lesser price. Because it's yani money, to bring that money, it's, it's hard. And I'm not saying this out of my own whim. The Prophet ﷺ said this in a hadith. He told the Sahaba you are living in an era, if you, the gist of this hadith is, the gist of it is that if you were to leave out even a tenth of what you have been ordered, and if you were to practice a 90% of your commandments, and if you were to leave out a tenth of what you've been ordered to do, it's going to be a problematic for you. But a time will come when people simply practice if they were to practice only a tenth of what they're expected to do. Only a tenth of what they're expected to do, it will be enough for their salvation. Right? So let's not misunderstand this hadith. Oh, tenth, so that means I just got to pray X number two rakats out of you know, all of them, right? No, we don't mean like that. The basics is you can't mess with that. The basic faraid you have to do. 10% means if I, oh, 100 lies, I can only lie tens, 10 times. No. Right, those, 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 we go back to the basic things. Haram, we can never do. Haram, we can never do in any circumstance. And number two, we can't miss our salah, the fara'il. Let's take these two things to heart. Insha'Allah ta'ala, this is very doable. It's doable for ourselves, it's doable for our spouses, it's doable for our children. And by doing so, what will we become? A'bad nas the people who worship Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the most. Insha'Allah ta'ala, we'll try to cover uh, the other four pieces of advice um, in another occasion, just for those who are walking in now, 
we're sharing the hadith of Abu Hurairah related by Abu Hurairah where the Prophet said, who's going to take from me these words and will practice on it or teach someone else who will practice on it? And Abu Hurairah presented himself, the Prophet held his hand and counted five things. Fear Almighty, fear the haram, fear, stay away rather, stay away from those things which have been forbidden and you will become the greatest worshiper. And inshallah, the other four we will try to cover at another opportunity. May Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow all of us to stay away from every major sin. And may Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow us to be punctual on our prayers. Ameen ya Rabbil Alameen.